Welcome to Questions for Craig. I'm Susanna Sanfilippo, a registered yoga instructor here in Portland, Maine, with Craig Williamson, ready to discuss one of your questions. Craig is an occupational therapist, massage therapist, educator, and the author of two books, Muscular Retraining for Pain-Free Living and Pain-Free Sitting, Standing, and Walking, published by Shambhala Publications. If you have a question for Craig, go to craigwilliamson.net and click on the homepage link that says Questions for Craig. We have a question from a listener in Minneapolis. And the question is, you say that those of us who are walking around feeling consciously or unconsciously, physically insecure and imbalanced, like we might fall down and our muscles clench and get stuck that way without our knowing. And you go on to say that because we are not aware of our holding patterns, our eyes get overused. Could you talk more about that? Do you think that overused eyes might be responsible for chronic neck tension? And the listener says, I love your books, DVD and podcasts. When are you coming to Minnesota? Okay. So, Minnesota Soon, I and hope. eyes. Okay, so the, the question, is, part of the question is referring to people who walk around feeling physically insecure and imbalanced. Like they might fall down. Yeah, whether they're conscious of it or not. Most people would be not conscious. Although there are some people, uh, particularly older people that I've seen who are aware that they they're, they're conscious of the fact that they don't feel safe. They feel like they might fall. They feel like their legs aren't as strong as they used to be or uh, for whatever reasons they're are aware of being unsteady. And they'll pretty much do the same thing with their bodies as somebody who is not conscious of that. So there's a whole population that is well aware that they are not, they don't have the best balance and, and generally older people are people that are hurt. Right, like sort of physical, but then there's others mm -hmm. that are really, you know, maybe even me walking around feeling unbalanced and not knowing it. How could that possibly be? I know it's it's it sounds might sound a little bit suspicious. It does. Good. Inquiring it should. minds. It should, uh, because but being unconscious, then you know anything can happen. That's true. <laughs> and uh, so, but it's also hard to verify. And so the only reason I, I know this is from uh, having worked with people and seen how sometimes somebody will, when they, when they uh, relax some part of them, that, that uh, back muscles or abdominal muscles or hip muscles or something, uh, that, usually that part of the body, or even their neck muscles that have been chronically contracted for a long time, and then they relax them, they will when they stand up, so let's say if they do that lying down via an exercise or, or, or some, some technique for relaxing, then they stand up. They'll say, I don't feel steady. I feel like I'm going to fall. Or sometimes I'll correct somebody's alignment. You know, I'll help them just find a more vertical stance and then have them look in a mirror. Uh, and, but they'll say, well, I can tell I'm, I look, I'm, I'm standing, I look uh, vertical and normal but I feel like I'm going to fall I don't feel steady so mm. that, that doesn't happen that often but it happens 
often enough for me to wonder if that's at work in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That uh, so a lot of this is just my own uh, thinking out loud about the subject. But you know, falling over is really a bad thing. Falling over uh, when you don't want to. Right. 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 If you're a gymnast, then it's something else. But if you don't want to fall and and seeing uh, working with you know. Uh, Old people that are say over in their 70s or 80s who are actually or 90s who have fallen yeah maybe sometimes they don't even know why they'll still just say my legs went out from under me or I don't feel steady or maybe they slipped on the ice or but they don't know why it was such it shouldn't have happened it's never happened before and now it happened once that happens there it changes there's a lot of fear there's a huge amount of fear mm -hmm. uh, because it's dangerous yeah, just you know, to walk various. is dangerous, or just to stand is yeah. dangerous. That's terrifying. Well, but, but f falling particularly, like once somebody does fall, right, right, and uh, either they got hurt, so they're afraid of that, or they didn't get hurt, but they realize, wow, I could have hit my head, or could have been all over, you know. Or I they, just don't have control over anything in my life anymore. Ooh, you know, I can't even. You can't stand even stand up. Right, right. So then, I, I think that's a that's a. A reasonable response to falling over without intending it that that if somebody was blase about that that would be cause for alarm where but I think what happens to uh, non-elderly people or, uh, or even maybe even children possibly or some of the people that I've worked with who say that they feel like they're gonna fall when they're when they're actually more aligned than usual is that at some point they, because their their alignment was uh, off center, became off center at some point in their life, of uh, because muscles uh, contracted, um, and which is a whole other subject of how did that happen? But let's just say it did. Right, so they tighten up their back muscles a lot, but for you know too much, let's say, and so. And this is average Joe. This is average this, kid. Yeah, average. It's not somebody that had a stroke teenager. or somebody that Correct. broke a leg or uh, right. that had a traumatic injury. It's just average Joe suddenly. Is right. Is 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 develops some kind of a unique sort of posture, that doesn't look natural and like like neutral. Uh, they, they'll. Uh, like let's say for example they a uh, person tilts her pelvis backward for some reason right well whatever they do with their pelvis it's going to change their, their their positioning and space their balance like the building is going to get moved backward or forward somehow so if they tilt their pelvis backward let's say their weight shifts more onto their heels then they're going to have to do something to compensate for that so they don't fall over backward so they'll move their torso a little. Their, right, right. Their shoulders, maybe their head. Maybe right. they'll 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 do something with their knees. There are a bunch of a bunch of possibilities, and I I have the impression that you know that that just happens instantaneously and automatically, uh, unbeknownst to them. So we're but, always but, seeking kind of a homeostasis. Of, you know, well, we're seeking not falling. Okay. We're seeking not falling. And, and that's and then if somebody successfully not falls okay when they stand up then they and 
they'll just keep, it appears that they will just keep doing it that way, even if it's not the most efficient way to do it. Maybe they started out with it being efficient. Maybe they had an injury when they were younger. They broke, fell off a skateboard or hurt themselves or something happened, and then they shift uh, their position of their pelvis because of the pain they were in, and then you know one thing leads to another after that. All of those things become unconscious. So there may not be a tremendous fear. Maybe there may not be any fear, but I've noticed with some people that there is a fear uh, when they when they feel like they when, when they let go because they really don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to stand there. You know, this is all unaware. This is all under the, the the radar of the brain. Right. Right. And and does that affect um, Mr. Mr. Minnesota? Listener was curious about muscle tension and the chronic muscle tension in the neck. And also about the eyes. The eyes, right? The eye, the eyes uh, seem to. I, I, you know, the the eyes are one of the ways that somebody can balance themselves or get some sense of grounding or stability by by seeing. You know, uh, and, and, and it seems to have to do with with holding on to uh, like fixing objects. Uh, so that there's a sense that things aren't moving around. Well, it's true. In yoga class, we'll do tree pose where you're standing on one foot and the other foot would be pressed into the, the standing leg and you'll have your arms out to your side or over your head. And I'll ask the class to just gently close their eyes and see how that affects their balance. And, and most everybody pretty much has no sense of balance when the eyes close, when you're standing on one foot. Kind of fascinating. That's a good example, right, of, of, of how we use the eyes so much for balance, and we're supposed to. That's fine, you know. But if somebody, uh, it's possible then that even the eyes can be, uh, I guess, overused, or maybe not eyes, but it, uh, oh, the words here. That becomes another kind of holding pattern. The way of holding on, whether it's the eye muscles that are holding or else something more in the brain somewhere or I don't know where it is. I mean, it could be the eye muscles that could actually be gripping to hold, you know, the ones that move the eyeballs around. They could be holding the eyes still. Thinking um, that that's going to keep you balanced. It keeps, it keeps things from moving around. Mm. You know, that's really what it is. Mm. You, if you lose your balance, things start moving around. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if all of a sudden the whole room, you were walking and the, and the walls and the ceiling and the, or even not the floor, but everything else around you, you could see started moving like waves, you would lose, you know, you'd lose your balance for a second. You'd mm-hmm. have to get used to the fact that everything's moving around uh, like you're on a ship or something. Like if it happened all of a sudden, you'd lose your balance right away. You might regain it, but the first response would be disorientation. So holding on to what we see, holding on to the eyes, has the effect of creating a feeling of, of stability. Uh, but it doesn't really work in the long run. Because it, then we're overusing our eyes. Well, it, yeah, they're not. They're not. Way? The eyes aren't meant to do that. Hmm. They're not. They're not really. Uh, that's like an emergency response. Mm-hmm. That, that then becomes a, a chronic ongoing condition that's not that's just the norm after a while and and I and that has a lot to do then with the 
both the, what happens in the person's neck, but also what happens in their personality. Their sense of who one's sense of who one is has something to do with, uh, or is affected by the eyes remaining fixed. Like like kind of tunnel vision when you're in an emergency and you have to just see directly in front of you that that narrow narrow kind of focus. Right. Because you, it's too dangerous to even have any sort of peripheral vision whatsoever. Is that kind of what you're saying? Right. The the right the emergency an emergency response uh, would uh, let's say um, you know a true emergency that you needed to attend to mm-hmm. right then. It wouldn't make sense to notice the blackbird in the tree and stop and smell the roses and uh feel the wind rustling through your hair you you zero in on what was the emergency like say if somebody the task at hand yes right the task at hand and so you deal with it and and also there's a feeling like that's what's that's all that's happening right now get, get rid of distractions this is what i'm focused on and I'm doing this. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm doing this action here now. The uh, that's a that's a sympathetic nervous system. That's a, that takes a lot of energy. It's it's ultimately would be tiring if someone kept doing that over and over and over again because it just takes so much energy. And yeah, we're not meant to function that way or, uh, for for a prolonged period because it's too tiring. So you're saying walking around thinking that you're you're going to fall over unconsciously thinking you're going to fall over, using your eyes as as balancing tools and think kind of like that is you're walking around in a chronic state of emergency almost. Right, right. But it's really not. Well, it's based on a memory. It's based on the past. The past. You know, we're we're all still you know we're carrying all of our memories with us, and if there's even if we're not conscious of the fact that we're holding on with our, our visually and doing all the things that we're talking about, it's still happening. But if it stopped happening and someone just released their eyes and you know was free from all, free from all those patterns, they'd be fine. But of course, it's a little more involved with it than just that in terms of releasing those. But they're not they don't help they don't augment anything in fact they interfere with the functioning of the eyes and they ironically even interfere with balance overcompensating right right because balance ideally you know would come from your your ability to respond to what's happening moment to moment and if you're if you're locked into a certain way of responding like the eyes if the eyes are saying no i can only lock into things can't do that peripheral thing. I can't, you know, I've just got to zero in on this all the time, regardless of the situation, whether I'm on a boat or a bicycle or walking or, you know, doing somersaults or whatever, uh, that then the, the person, the, the eyes and the person both are not uh, responding and, and, uh, and, and accommodating the, these different experiences they're having. It's like they're making everything into this one narrow experience. Experience. And there's no um, resilience, perhaps. Right, right. You, I think you said the word um, personality. You were, I think you were talking about how this, uh, the eyes can narrow focus and so does the personality. Right. Can and you talk more? 
Yeah, I'm not. Maybe that wasn't the exact right word. I don't word know if you did say personality. I think I did. Mm-hmm. A few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, it's what, what I meant is that, that the the more somebody has, uh, if their eyes are behaving uh, or are locking in and are remaining fixed uh, on visually on their world, like we're talking about. They will have uh, tend to have more of a feeling that they are the one that's doing the things that are being done. So in other words, the the, the ego will uh, so that's a sort of a doorway for the ego to uh, be present. And the more that somebody uh, is aware of the space around them, visually or otherwise peripheral vision if and their eyes are which are naturally by the way meant to move around make little eyes make little tiny microscopic movements all the time just to, to keep that's just how that's how they're made to function right they're not not meant to hold still to stare to fix a gaze or to, so uh, we're so we're not meant to be staring at a computer for eight hours a day well not staring hmm. I, I'm not I don't know what uh, Ideally, the eyes would be free to move around. Mm. You know, if you're reading a book, you can read and your eyes move around, and that's okay. You, you, but if you're, uh, you can, it's still possible. Uh, I guess you could still, re- one could still read a book and be be kind of narrowing their attention on the book. Mm-hmm. So there's <laughs> this gets gets getting complicated now. Sorry. In my mind. Well, no, I mean it's it's just the nature of the subject. There, there, the eyes are. It's kind of a, like you could see it as visual attention, but there's also just mental attention or just period, just attention period. Uh, there's uh, maybe visual attention is part of that broader um, kind of overall attention. So, but but just since the questioner asked about visual, just use that to make to keep it simple. Uh, it, looking at a computer screen, if, if somebody is doing something that encourages them to stare, like like let's say they're doing needlework or something mm-hmm. where they need to use precise vision to see what they're doing, that's okay. But at a certain point, it would be good to, to stop doing that or look out the window mm-hmm. or you know relax your eyes. And also even while doing that, to be conscious that uh, of their peripheral vision while the space around them visually while they're looking at the needlework or reading the book or looking at the computer. That's something that's, that is possible. If someone is kind of aims uh, toward doing that, it can, it can do that. But so you're sort of balancing your vision. You're, you're focusing on one small little thing, but also being aware of the periphery. Right. Like I'm talking to you now, we're looking, you know, we're facing each other and mm-hmm. I can, talk to you and I can see the microphone and I'm also aware of the space around me. I can see the things around you and me and I can even peripherally and that's when 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 somebody when that occurs it gives a person less of a feeling that they are the thing they are the one that's doing what's happening and more of a feeling like they're in the middle of something mm-hmm. that's happening. Mm of which they are a part. Mm-hmm. They're part of a bigger happening. So you're not so fused with every little minutia of the situation, and you, but you're more um, of a witness, perhaps? 
are able to notice? You're able, well, yeah, you're able to notice. I mean, I guess the other way you're noticing things too, but you're just noticing a very narrow range of things. But the feeling, the, the personal, you know, the emotional experience of a person is different. I, I mean, it has to do with, with ego, I, I think, is the best, you know, a sense of that I'm in the middle of this thing. that we're, Either I'm in the middle of this thing that's happening, or I'm making it happen. Or uh, I'm part of a bigger thing that's happening, and yes, I am still, I'm still here. So it, both are true. It's not that one is more true than the other. It's that they're both happening, and that there's a, a choice that person could have in, in their experience, whether to see it as I'm the person doing this, which is, by the way, the predominant way that we think of everything in our culture. So, so like the I'm the center of the universe kind of mentality? I'm the center of the universe, or not even in the in like a proud sense, like right. there's some kind of big shot, but just, you know, if I'm riding my bike up the big hill, I'm riding, I'm doing it. And if I get to the top, I say, I did it. And, 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 and people looking from the outside can say, yeah, there he is, he's doing it. So, you know, literally, I'm riding the bike up the hill. But uh, that's different than, I mean, my body's also part of getting me up the hill, right? And the bicycle's getting me up the hill. And there, there are all kinds of forces in nature that could be helping me. You know, uh, what I ate, I'm just reaching for things here. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not something that, that needs to be um, kind of explained or reasoned. It's just, it's, it's a different way of experiencing any particular event but it, it so it just happens that to relax to be a relaxed person to, to, to feel relaxed in, in a situation if somebody has the experience that they are the they're the thing doing it or the, you know from moment to moment or they've got to be you know it's all on them or they've got to do it or it's up to them there it is just not possible to relax under those circumstances <laughs> no. it's not neurologically possible it, it's just the pressure just talking about it is making my right. shoulders go up to my ears but that's that that is our culture yeah that's the overriding belief in fact someone could be listening to this and saying well they're nuts what are they of course you're the person doing it who else could be doing it but it's not who else it's it's that you're part of a bigger uh enterprise you know if, if you look at a fish a movie of a fish swimming in the ocean and then a big wave comes, you can see that the, the wave kind of pushes the fish in a certain direction. Well, is the fish make, is he just swimming, is it all him? Well, no, there's obviously there's some other force that's moving him. That's a metaphor I'm making for our lives, you know, that, and they're both are true, both are happening, and we would fluctuate between being uh, those two different you know, perspectives. Would be would be natural, but if we get locked into the one, that uh, the narrow one, it'll affect our personality in the way I've described, and it's also going to, will be reflected in somebody's eyes or the way they use their eyes, which then relates to balance, and 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 the neck gets tense because if you're if something in your mind is saying, 
hold your eyes still. You need, you know, well, you have to hold your head still too. How do you hold your head still? You, you hold on to your neck muscles, tighten your neck. So if your eyes want you to fix on something and stay there, then your neck has to hold your head still. So that's why there, there's a connection between the eyes. I and mean, it's a simple explanation for the, the, functionally for why the neck is tense when the eyes are as I'm describing. It reminds me of that quote, I don't know who said it, but it says, if you know you are the ocean, you won't be afraid of the waves. So you're saying we're sort of like this uh, condensed consciousness. Maybe. We are in, 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 in what? Well, there's consciousness swirling all around, and, and every time we inhale, it, it, it becomes us. It condenses into us and, and animates us. Maybe I'm going way off subject. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's one way of... I think well, I mean we're animated by a lot of things. I think our breath is one of them. Maybe that's the big one. Maybe, um, yeah. I because yeah. I I don't really know the the details of that. I I know that if you that it, that if we have a sense of um, there's something solid in the middle of us that the I when I say I me, I meaning like the letter I, not E-Y-E. <laughs> it could get confusing here. Yes, it's true. Uh, and I have the feeling that, that, that uh, and you know, if, if someone's worrying, you know, if you find yourself at the time when you're worrying about something, you'll notice, ooh, feels like there's something kind of solid in the middle. You know, the, the eyes will kind of tense up maybe, or they'll, it'll be hard to stop thinking about the same thing over and over again. There's kind of an implosion, a sense of things coming so that there's a, a like this solid feeling in the middle, which is of, of who you are, which is uh, the I, the, 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 the guy there who's the person there who's trying to solve this problem, who's worrying, who doesn't know what to do. Uh, whereas uh, if someone's feeling relaxed and happy and peaceful, they'll tend to have a feeling of there's more, there's space in the middle. Mm and of, of who they are so if you looked so if we think of it kind of pictorially if you looked at a silhouette of a person a 3d silhouette mm -hmm. that the middle of them it would be as if the middle of them was space and there are then the experiences they're having the ideas and feelings they have the impressions the perceptions the thoughts the emotions, all the stuff that happens from moment to moment, even even their sense of, of them being themselves, their sense of, you know, I, I am Craig or I am Susanna, whatever. Mm -hmm. All of those things are like, you know, f hovering around in that space, floating around, but they're not in the middle. And the, and the, the, the person who says, I am this, you know, I am Craig, I am this guy who's uh, watching all these things happen, is no longer in the middle of all of that, in the center. It's just one of the things moving around the outside like everything else. So the center is empty space. That's, that's as true as looking at it the other way. 
Mm. It's not uh, any less true, it, it, but it's, 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 it's more relaxing. And one feels a lot different. Yeah, so, so uh, and it's natural that we would, uh, f- depending on what a person's doing, they, they may experience um, a more sen- a sense that they are in the center of what's going on, and, and then sometimes, and, and then other times, that they're not in the center of what's going on. So my or oh boy, more more that that I guess skip that last that last line. I, they may or may or may not be aware of the sense of space inside of them as much, depending on what they're experiencing and what the needs of the moment are uh, in their life at that time. So so what do you do when you're worried? Do you worry? I do worry. So when you're say you're in a particularly worried. Space, and you've got the contracted innards and there's mm-hmm. a density and a hardness mm-hmm. what what do you what do you do what do you do well a what's good, your emergency strategy for feeling space <laughs> uh, I don't uh, well the, the, I think a good thing to do right off the bat is relax the eyes how do you do that oh well that's a whole other subject <laughs> <laughs> maybe we there could are do, a lot of different ways to do that maybe we could do a, um, a meditation some other episode on on how to get space on the inside okay um okay i could say a few things now but I, oh um, yeah 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 um, and we can delve deep next time right i mean i find i found um practically speaking there there are a lot of great eye exercises like the bates method uh, there, there are, which is an old eye, you know, actual exercises for the eyes to relax the eyes. E A T E S. Right. Google um, that. Like better eyesight without improve your improve eyesight without glasses. The book was written a long time ago. Hmm. There's uh, someone named Mary Schneider who's in San Francisco who has has some great also new exercises as well as he uses Bates exercises for for eyes for relaxing vision. Hmm. Uh, op- the open focus method of Les Femi is a great way to uh, to work with attention and space. That's probably one of the most helpful things that I've run across in terms of being accessible to just about anybody. I think we've mentioned this before for mm-hmm. those listeners out there. It's L-E-S-F-E-H-M-I. Right, it's like the open focus brain. That's a, a good book to get if you're interested and I think there are those are just some things I found particularly helpful uh, yeah so for um, the gentleman in Minnesota who um, well, I guess what what would happen if you if you opened up your purple vision and, and you fell down <laughs> is there is there such a thing so it seems like like you could you can still have this nice peripheral vision not such a narrow focus and not have to worry about falling down and maybe there the neck tension goes away is that something to explore yeah you you would need to get your your, your body would, will get used to it gradually like you could you could just try standing up and or try sitting up and doing sitting and doing it and breathing and then stand up and breathe and if that's fine then you can walk and do it it's it it gives your nervous system more information not less so it's 
you're you're more likely to be more balanced. It's just if it's so disorienting, you know that that which occasionally happens for somebody, then they just need to do it slowly. Gradually, they'll get used to it. The the real issue for this mostly is that we're so habituated to return to that kind of uh, condensed uh, kind of ego oriented ego orientation that we just fall back into that as anyone who's ever you know, tried to meditate discovers right we just, just get this vacuum sucks us back into that and so that's that's mostly what is the issue but but I think understanding these things makes it easier. Knowing, knowing understanding what like, what we're talking about has been really helpful for people. So it's not just sort of a vague hope that, well, maybe I'll be able to relax someday. But uh, understanding that relaxing involves your body relaxing, but, it, but, it, but our perspective, our perception of who we are, our actual, like, whether we're the thing the one making everything happen and doing everything or whether we're part of something around us that's happening that that understanding that is is important for being able to relax uh, because it's 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 very hard to relax if if not impossible if somebody doesn't it misunderstands you know we have beliefs that support our idea that we are the center of the universe so even examining those assumptions and beliefs is necessary to be able to become to to be able to relax the eyes i may have beliefs in my head my in my brain or that i'm holding on to that make my eyes keep wanting to hold on so it becomes a little a little cycle there belief yeah. tension belief tension belief Right. So believe, maybe a quick right. way out is just to just to open up one sensory <laughs> input at a time. Opening up maybe ears, just hearing what you, what you hear. The thing that's great about the open focus uh, method is, uh, which is sort of like an attention exercise practice, is that it gets the nervous system used to the feeling of not gripping. Mm. So gripping and, is a habit. Yeah. So it's. So it's it's like a more it's like an inside version of what you would do, and if you do uh, like yoga or some other kind of exercise to get your muscles to relax, that's more like how how I'm seeing it as you know it's a way to get your attention to relax. Both are important, right? Uh, but having a having a feel for that. Mm. Now someone might they can get there in a variety of ways, and maybe after doing an hour and a half of yoga, someone might. Their their eyes will be more relaxed. Mm-hmm. They'll have all of these things will happen, and that will be a way for them to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find relaxing the eyes, imagining there's space between the eyes, uh, relaxing the, the face, you know, the jaw, uh, all that, you know, all those areas. That's a way to to help get a feeling of space. Mm-hmm. And that the face, the head. That's where. Um well, that's where most of the sensory organs are. The eyes, the taste, the sense of taste, the nose, the hearing. Yep. Okay. Did so we answer that question? I hope we yes. answered it. If anybody has any more um, 
questions or if something we said sparked uh, further exploration, you'd like us to go there, <laughs> then, uh, then, then let us know. Just um, drop us a line and thank you. You have been listening to Questions for Craig with Craig Williamson. If you have a question that you would like Craig to address, please send it to craig at somaticintegration.com. Learn more about Williamson muscular retraining at somaticintegration.com.